0: Welcome, sports fans. To next great podcast surrounding the NFL It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and our partner, one of my great friends, Bryce Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters.
1: All right, before we hop into this episode, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> All right, we're going to hop right into this uh, episode. A lot of NFL news going around. But today it is National Moment of Laughter Day. So hopefully you laugh at our show sometimes. We don't try to be funny, but sometimes I feel like it might be funny a little bit. I don't know. But National Moment of Laughter Day today. And we are due for a lot of topics here. First episode of the week. So Brenty... There's been some things on Jordan Love being on the move from Green Bay soon. And we are Packers fans, but this won't be a bias at all. Uh, Do you think Green Bay should, uh, you know, make a move on Jordan Love and trade him somewhere?
0: I mean, I I think it's due, especially because, you know, he's a third-year guy now entering the league and he's not going to start start over Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. And with the new extension now, it kind of puts him probably in a position where he may never play as a starter for Green Bay maybe in his whole entire career. So I expect him to move on, and I think it's to be this offseason now. I did hear reports come out and say that they are trying as of right now to ship Love somewhere and get some draft capital. Now, in this year's draft, I'd expect maybe a second- or third-round pick And that's just because we have not seen Jordan Love play a lot of football games. You know, in the year of uh, COVID, there was no preseason game, so we did not see any Jordan Love. Now, last year, we seen him a little bit in preseason, but he had a shoulder injury, so we've seen a lot of Kurt Benkert. A little shout-out there. Um, One of me and Bryson's favorite quarterbacks. Um, And then next, uh, you know, regular season game, COVID knocked out Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have the vaccine, so he couldn't come back early. Jordan Love got a start. Didn't see too much great things, but you also didn't see too many bad things. So there's something there you can look at if your uh, team's looking for a quarterback, looking for a young guy. Um, A destination, though, Bryson, I'm going to throw it there. If the Texans offer a second and third-round pick, I am going to take that. I think that's a team that can definitely go out and get a guy like him. And Maybe the Colts, who just got Matt Ryan. Now, they might not have the draft capital to do so, but – getting a guy like Jordan Love to back up Ryan, and then next year, maybe having him take the reins would not surprise me.
1: No, I like those two scenarios, but I don't think that we should get rid of him just yet. Because I think that Rome wasn't built in a day, and if he has this much experience under Aaron Rodgers by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves, God, he should be really good by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves. So I don't... I think that this is the best situation for Jordan Love because he gets to sit behind the best quarterback in the league and a back-to-back MVP candidate, back-to-back MVP winner, and now Jordan Love gets to sit there, watch him every day in practice, learn from him, talk with him every day, and by the time Rodgers' contract is up, Jordan Love will be ready to step into that role. Now, it is going to be four years in the future, but... If we want another quarterback like we went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, I don't. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers by any means, but he does have a chance to be our next, you know, ten-year quarterback if he develops underneath the Aaron Rodgers' watch. And you know, who knows? Maybe Rodgers gets hurt. You know, then we need somebody to get some reps in, and I feel like Jordan Love would be that guy. We we spent way too much draft capital on Jordan Love to just draft him, and then trade him for a third-rounder three years
0: later. Now, I would agree with you, but I'm not going to have a 27-year-old, 28-year-old Jordan Love be my quarterback. Especially, we're going to have to resign him. So I don't think we're going to give it the money for a guy that is going to possibly start when Rodgers is done. Because what if Rodgers goes out and performs well in the next four years and wants to keep playing, which is unlikely, but look at Tom Brady, 45 years old. And the Packers, yeah, if, we're, if we're winning, Aaron Rodgers wants to stay. Why not resign him? So to me, there's just no room for Jordan Love. I know it hurts because we spent a lot of draft capital, but I just don't see us, you know, keeping him on, keeping him on a roster that long until he's like 28 years old and then finally get him a start. That does not make any sense. So why not just um, trade him while we got him? Trade him while he has value. Trade him while he's young, and we'll get some draft capital back.
1: Yeah, and we did uh, go out and sign Sammy Watkins today. I did see that, so a little bit of a fix to our wide receiver core, Uh, but I don't think Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver one by any means, I don't think. Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
0: So he had a phenomenal year in Buffalo. I think it was his rookie season he had his first and only 1,000-yard year. And ever since then with injuries, and then he was traded um, all around ever since then, So he has not really been able to have that production. It was actually his second year. He had 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, This was a young wide receiver taken out of Clemson. Um, I believe it was, yeah, the fourth overall draft pick. So he has the talent. I thought Sammy Watkins was going to be one of the best receivers in the whole entire league when coming out of college. It didn't really end up that way. Now he's had some solid years. But you're right, probably not, not a number one guy. He's played with Pat Mahomes, but Mahomes was young. Now imagine with Aaron Rodgers, dude. And last year you played with Lamar Jackson. You're not going to get that many targets in that offense, especially with a guy that is very inaccurate with the football, does not read the field that much. Aaron Rodgers is the opposite. He sees everybody who will throw it to anybody, and I think Sammy Watkins may have a chance to reach 1,000 yards this year. I mean, I, you may call me crazy, but that could be a, a hot take of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you said it, that Rodgers sees the field really well. Well, when Devontae Adams was on the field, it, at times it seemed like he was just looking Devontae's way. And now that Devontae isn't there anymore, I feel like it might make our team a little bit better if we can get some depth at the wide receiver position. Because you've seen for a couple years there, before, after Jordan Nelson got hurt, and before Devontae came, this, mass, this number one wide receiver in the league, Rogers was struggling a little bit to find everybody. But after a while, he was starting to get everybody involved. He was starting to make wide receivers that weren't very good into these really good wide receivers and making them look a lot better than what they were. Randall Cobb, for example. And it seems that when Randall Cobb goes anywhere else but Green Bay, he is a third or fourth or fifth wide receiver on a roster. But in Green Bay, he's putting up numbers. He had multiple touchdown games more than once last season. And that's just Rodgers' ability to find open people, make wide receivers better than what they are. So Sammy Watkins with Aaron Rodgers might revamp his career. Because like you said, coming out of Clemson, Wow, was he good. He played with Deshaun Watson at Clemson, and they won a national championship together, I believe. Or was that DeAndre Hopkins?
0: That was, I believe that was D Hop, but he did play with Taj Boyd um, in Clemson. So, me and Bryson, and I, I do remember when we were younger, we used to always watch a lot of draft videos leading up to the draft. And D Hop uh, with Deshaun Watson was uh, one tandem, but Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins were also amazing uh, during their tenure there. So, yeah, I mean, this is good news to the Green Bay fan because we got him for cheap. I mean, it says four million dollars, but we know Green Bay—they're going to pull some bonus and incentives in there—and we're going to be—we're going to be all right as a team. So next up, because as we're talking contracts, Derek Carr got a massive one—three-year contract. I believe it was like one hundred twenty-some million, one hundred thirty million. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders are just handing out cash right now between Carr, Adams. They signed Chandler Jones, at the end. end, gave him a big contract. Um, Max Crosby got a huge contract as well. So. I'm going to ask you, man, where do they rank now after extending Carr, getting all these free agents, um, trading for Devontae? Where are they in that AFC West? They're probably the third
1: best team in their division. Even with all those people, they're probably the third best team in their division, maybe the second. But, I, yeah, I just don't. That division, we, I say it every time I feel like we're on this AFC West, especially, God, are they good There's not one bad team in that division, so, you know, I feel like Las Vegas, they are a good team, but they might not even make the playoffs next year, man. Like, it's very rare that you see the third team in a division make the playoffs, and man, I just don't see them being better than the Chargers or the Chiefs, and who knows what Denver's going to be like next season? We have no idea, so that division is so weird, and they're all really good, and it'll be We'll have to wait and see, because even though Las Vegas is looking good on paper, we'll just see how everybody plays. And I saw something like Derek Carr was explaining that he took a pay cut because he didn't want to see his friends leave like Khalil Mack left back when he signed his other... And I'm like, three years, $121 million is a lot of money for a three-year deal. I mean, what is that, about 40 mil per season? That's a higher-end quarterback contract. And I feel like they are paying a lot for Derek Carr to stay in there for a three-year extension. They should have made that either shorter or a lot longer at that much money.
0: So I do agree with you, like third, and I could even maybe bump down to fourth. I mean, it's they could also rise and surprise me this year um, because, you know, they have a lot of firepower, but everybody knows the Chiefs are going to be the on With Patrick Mahomes, they're probably going to be the best team in that AFC division. Now, to me, the Broncos getting – Russell Wilson, I'd hate to say it, but they might be the worst team in that division still. And they went out and got a great quarterback. You know, they have not really had a guy like that since Peyton Manning. Um, but now Russell comes in. I still think that might be fourth, and then put the the Raiders at three, and then I'm thinking Chargers at two or one because they had the best off season between you know either them or Miami. So for the Raiders to go out. Sign all these guys to contracts. Like I'm talking, they're now the highest paid at the position. Derek Carr is probably up there for uh, season, I don't know, earning. And Devontae is the highest paid receiver. Crosby, I believe, is probably one of the highest paid pass rushers. You're throwing this money around like nothing. Chandler Jones gets paid like he's in his prime still. Uh, Great pass rusher, but the Raiders are just throwing cash out like it's nothing. And this could hurt them in the long run. Me and Bryson have talked about these last couple episodes on the show and how much you know teams are just willing to give out, this is going to hurt them in the future. And for a team that will probably be second or third in their division for the next three years while Carr is there, it could kind of be a waste um, this whole entire offseason. I think they're just kind of jumping the gun a little bit.
1: Yeah, and another thing is, you know, obviously Devontae was a stud for Green Bay, but now that it's not Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, I wonder if there's going to be any drop-off there. I don't see it. I mean, he is an elite-level quarterback or wide receiver. But Derek Carr, not as good as Aaron Rodgers. We'll have to see how that ends up playing.
0: Yeah, I think Devontae will have a good season. I don't think he'll have the season he had in Green Bay in these last couple years. Now, do they get him involved? Yes. Do they throw the ball to him a lot in Las Vegas now? I think they will. But Devontae is also paired up with multiple receivers there. And Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, they have some wide receivers that can step up, um, like Brian Edwards. They drafted him in the second or third round, and then Darren Waller is still there. So you've got to throw the ball to a lot of these guys. Um, and not only that, you've got to hand the ball up to Josh Jacobs. So you've got a lot of weapons. So, Devontae, to me, you will probably not get as much targets as you did in Green Bay, not as much receiving yards or touchdowns. And, you know, these two had a college connection at Fresno State. They might be able to tear it up in the NFL, but I do not think that, that Rodgers and Adams' connection um, will be the same you know, as it is now in Las Vegas. So the next topic we'll be going over now is uh, Tom Brady. There's been some analysts going out there and saying we're going to predict Tom Brady going to sign with the Miami Dolphins next offseason because he will be a free agent. Now this year we thought he all retired, but he ended up coming back and playing his final year out in Tampa Bay. So, Bryson, if this is a real possibility, do you even think it's possible for Tom Brady to play elsewhere and he'll be, like, 46 years old? Or do you think he finishes his career in Tampa Bay and just retires, you know, after this season?
1: I think that he retires after this season, but he will go to Miami to be in the front office. I did read something about that. That would be really interesting. Obviously, Miami, divisional opponent to the Patriots, So they would be playing twice a year, and Tom Brady would be not playing against them, not coaching against them, but he would be in the front office of a team that's in the same division as the Patriots. So that would be, you know, an interesting dynamic. Uh, We'll see how long Belichick's there, but, you know, who knows if Tom Brady gets a coaching job somehow. Uh, Who knows, Tom Brady against Bill Belichick coaching. That would be pretty cool. So there's a bunch of possibilities, but I'll believe it when I see it. And I feel like after this year, Tom Brady might just say, you know what, enough is enough. It's finally time to retire. He's going to be 46 by the end of the season. I just don't see it happening any longer for Tom Brady sticking around the NFL and playing for sure.
0: So now you, you did say coaching. Now, do you think if he – obviously, I do not think he'll hop right up to head coach. Like, that would be nuts in my opinion. So do you think he'll have to work his way up? Like all the other guys that have been through that process? Or do you think he's a guy that just because of his name is placed as the head coach because of his experience, um, the way he played, and possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. Do you think that gets him there or do you think he has to work for it? I have another scenario here
1: that will explain this. So, this whole Dolphins thing was just a rumor. We're role playing now. This this whole Dolphins thing was a rumor. He goes becomes the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots next year. Josh McDaniels left. I don't know who their new one is, but Tom Brady goes there as their offensive coordinator next year. Belichick, two more years coaching. After he retires, says, all right, Tom, enough of his offensive coordinator stuff. You're the new head coach of the New England Patriots. There's a scenario that would be absolutely nuts, crazy to follow. Obviously, probably not going to happen, but it would be interesting to see that. And I believe that that, would happen before this Dolphin thing does. Because I don't believe that Tom Brady has any connections in Miami. Like, I don't know why he would go to the Miami Dolphins, of all places, uh, to coach. I feel like it would be, you know, heck, maybe even Michigan. Maybe he goes to Michigan for a year or two to become, like, an offensive coordinator. We just lost our defensive coordinator, I believe. I think we might have lost both coordinators over this offseason at Michigan. So, you know, Tom Brady might go there. You know, Jim Harbaugh, obviously quarterback, has connections with Tom Brady. You know, maybe that happens. But, oh, I could only imagine. No, I could wish. Wow. But that's what I would see first before this Miami Dolphins thing because I don't believe there's enough connections to connect him to the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, and I'm just really confused as it is because Tom Brady came out and said, I need to spend time with my family. Now, he just keeps coming back to football, and that is like – more than, I don't know, man, I, I don't know how many days that consists of, but you are working all the time, and your family probably lives in Tampa Bay, I'm guessing Tom's does, um, but still, I mean, you're, you're working all the time, you're focused on the game of football, and he's all, he said he's all worried about his family. Well, coaching, it's probably even worse, because you're, you're not only like game planning, because Tom Brady, at, at an older age, he still has to stay in shape, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, man, he's probably not working out as hard because he's still somewhat in game shape, and, and he's not 45 years old. So, you know, he might take half his offseason off and say, you know what, I'm just going to rest. For Tom Brady, he has to give her every day so he's in shape. He's conditioned for the upcoming season. Coaching, I mean, it's almost the same thing. You have to study, you have to game plan that whole entire offseason, implement new things in offenses, especially because he's going to be on that offensive side the ball. Um, you know what, I just think Tom Brady, when he finally decides to step, it, step away from the game of football, I think he'll be done forever. I think maybe an owner ownership opportunity where he doesn't really have to be involved, maybe a little bit in the front office, a little bit of say, but I do not think it'll be within coaching or playing after this season.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, I like what you said there. So Tyron Matthew has gotten his teams down to the Final Four. And it's between the Rams, the Eagles, the Saints, and the Colts. So out of those possibilities, I, don't, I would feel like the Rams, I don't know how they could pay them. I feel like they are signing people here and there, and I don't know where they're getting all this cap room. We discussed that on the last episode. Uh, but the Eagles, they would be very interesting to watch if they had Tyron Matthew on that defense, because that defense is really good. Along with that run game, Jalen Hurts, one year one year older, maybe gets a little smarter, better passer in the pocket. And a team like the Saints, I don't know how the Saints could afford him because they're, like, over the cap space still. So I don't believe that they could do that. But the Colts would be another intriguing team, like the Eagles, where those two teams are really close to being contenders almost. And Tyler Matthew could be that piece, you know, that – you know elevates their defense to an extent to where teams just can't score on their defenses and so their offense is put there's less pressure on their offenses which both aren't They're defensive teams which means that their defense is better than their offense for both of those organizations so that would take some pressure off of their offense so that would be huge for those teams
0: So you look at what the Chiefs did this offseason. They brought in former Texans starting safety, uh, Justin Reed. They signed him to a three-year, $31 million contract. So Matthew came out and said, the Chiefs never discussed a contract with me, and I would have taken that three-year, $31 million contract. I mean, that's kind of a little insane to me, that the fact that you did not talk to this all-pro safety, and you kind of just said, you know, what, we're not even going to try to negotiate with you. We're going to go to a different guy. If he's that good, if he's that impactful on your defense, why aren't you even talking to him about what he wants yearly? I mean, it, it's a steal if you got Tyron Matthew for three years and $31 million. Right now, he's been on the market for quite a while. Now, there's some really good players still available, but the fact that Matthew is still available for teams out there is it a little red flag. I mean, there's, there's these guys that um, JV and Clowney's still out there. I mean, he's had injury issues. I know Matthew's gotten injured a couple times um, these past couple seasons. So is it a risk to sign this guy? I don't really think so myself. But for the teams to kind of shy away a little bit, now I know there is some interest, but when you wait this long, teams do not have the salary to give out those big contracts anymore. So Matthew's market and the value probably went down a little bit. So for the teams that I think can afford them are the Colts and the Eagles, to me the Rams and the Saints are out of it. Now, he does want to return to the Saints where his hometown was in New Orleans. So, that would, to me, not be a surprise if he ended up signing there, but they need to do some adjustments within that roster. For the Colts and the Eagles, like I said, they have the money. I think he needs to go to the Colts. The Colts are like one piece away, and it doesn't matter where it is. He's got to upgrade somewhere on that defensive side. And they have that divorced Buckner, great defensive tackle, Darius Leonard, um, linebacker, outstanding linebacker. And then. They have uh, Kenny Moore, who is a slot corner that could play some safety. To me, you move Kenny Moore to slot corner, do not move him around at safety anymore, and plug Tyron Matthew there, you have a great defense.
1: Yeah, I agree there. And like you said, we both agree that the Rams and Saints, I don't think, we both don't think they can afford that type of contract. But who knows, those general managers have so many different ways of creating some cap space and fitting just under the budget. So... We'll see where Tyron Matthews signs, probably here shortly before the draft, I'm sure. So now, last topic of the day here, Uh, we haven't done a power ranking in a while. So today, I'm going to take the AFC, Brent's got the NFC, wide receiver power rankings. Top five wide receiver power rankings, Brenty, I'll start you off, number five, and the NFC.
0: So I'm going to say honorable mention first because I think Terry McLaurin does not get enough love out there in Washington. So I'm just going to mention his name, and then we're going to move on to number five. So C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys, we're taking the same division of the Washington football team, or Washington uh, Commanders now. But Lamb of the Cowboys, he's now the number one guy there because of Amari Cooper's departure to Cleveland, who's now in Bryson's AFC side. Uh, maybe he's in his top five. You may never know, but I think Lamb was the better receiver this offseason, or this season. Um, this offseason, I think he'll get better. He'll improve and really um, kind of get himself up to that level where Justin Jefferson is, Jamar Chase. I mean, Lamb is just a step away from that. Um, Dak Prescott and him have had a great connection, and I, when I watched that hard knocks of the Cowboys, he was just so willing to learn. So I think he's a some new parts of his game. That route running of his is so crisp as it is. So, you know, with him being the number one guy, He's going to get a lot more targets. He's going to have a lot more receiving yards. So, so I think the numbers will really jump off the page this year. Um, I, I really do expect a, a breakout, and I could probably see him in my top three next year.
1: All right, I've got a couple honorable mentions here. So i got Mike Williams out of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's a guy, had him on my fantasy team, definitely a top five wide receiver. He had me about 35 fantasy points one week, then two the next week, and then like 32, and then four. He's just so inconsistent sometimes, but that's why he's not in my number five. He's just an honorable mention. Another honorable mention would be a guy like Hunter Renfro, maybe. Uh, he's been playing good, but now I'm going to go to my number five teammate of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Uh, he does not get enough love for what he does out there in Los Angeles. Sure-handed red zone target. Uh, run after, like, just receiving in traffic. Amazing. He's big. He's tall. He's lengthy. And... He's an amazing wide receiver to just be able to throw the ball up to for uh, Justin Herbert. And, yeah, he just makes all the plays look really easy, and he has a different way of getting open. And Justin Herbert does a great job of finding him. And I believe he does not get enough credit for what he does out there.
0: My number four will be Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. I mentioned him earlier. You know, he is a little better than C.D. Lamb. And I could argue that he's better than D. Hop, which is my number three. But... Jefferson had over a 1,000 yards. I think he was the – uh the most receiving yards since – I don't know how old he is, but for whatever age he's at, he's reached that the most in NFL history. I think he beat out uh, former Viking Randy Moss to do so. Uh, so you just see the talent there. Kirk Cousins now, if he had a better quarterback, you know, Kirk's solid. Don't get me wrong, but a, a phenomenal quarterback would really um, – it would ele- elevate his numbers to, you know, I don't know, maybe a top top three wide receiver – he might even be number two behind Devonte Adams in some people's power rankings. This is how good this dude is. Such a great route runner. He's got speed that surprises a lot of people. I know when he came out in the draft, people thought he'd run, you know, four fives. He ended up running like the high four threes, low four fours, um, and then the hands are off the charts as well. So he's a a three tool guy. You know, he can run, he can catch, um, he can even do the dirty work and block for you a little bit. So um, my number four. It's got to be Justin Jefferson.
1: All right, my number four, now playing in Miami, Tyreek Hill of the Dolphins. Uh, I mentioned him, I mentioned this before, uh, that he would probably be higher up in my list if he wasn't a system wide receiver, I feel like. I feel like he might drop out of the top five in the AFC after the season because people's eye. he might surprise us. He might be. You know, just that good. But Patrick Mahomes being able to throw the ball 65 yards in the air for Tyree Kill to go outrun somebody and get it. Uh, that will be interesting to see if Tua Tagovailoa can do the same thing. Now, I believe that Tua is a great quarterback. I feel like he's going to progress, and he's going to be one of the top young quarterbacks in this league, especially with his wide receiver core he's got. But I feel like Tyree Kill, probably just a system wide receiver, will have to wait and see.
0: I do kind of agree with that take there. And number three for me is DeAndre Hopkins, who a couple of years ago, you know, probably up to this year, was your number one wide receiver. Now I have him dropping because his numbers have also went down a little bit with Kyler Murray. I understand Kyler Murray had a bunch of weapons this year. You know, he couldn't just throw to one guy in D Hop. D Hop got injured, so you're not going to see his uh, major stat totals that he puts up every year. You know, like I said, he had a knee injury, so he couldn't really play. So Ever since coming over to Arizona, you know, he's had good seasons, but with Houston, he was their only wide receiver option. So he was getting all the targets. He was getting all the all the throws. They didn't have a quarterback, but he was really all the he was the only weapon they had. Goes to Arizona. Arizona pretty much steals him from the Houston Texans, and he's been a great wide receiver, but to me, not number one. He's been falling, and I do think he's a little overrated. I don't know about you, Bryson, but D-hop has not been my favorite wide receiver these last couple of years. It's just something against him. I don't know what it is, but overrated by a tad.
1: I don't know if he's overrated or he just, he's getting a little injury prone, and you're seeing his numbers drop because of that. He's just not playing in as many games. And, yeah, I mean, that leads to people talking about how overrated he is, and you know, in the in the games that he's playing, he's probably putting up, you know, pretty good numbers, but I haven't really looked at his numbers and I just know that last season he was just really injury prone, couldn't really stay healthy on the field and that led to a decrease in his numbers. Now a guy that I'm excited to watch next season is my number three in the AFC, plays for the Bengals, Jamar Chase. You've heard of this guy. I mean he had an outstanding rookie year last season uh, leading the Bengals to a Super Bowl game uh, in a game that they lost by a very slim margin. but. He was stellar all season long, and yeah, I'm really excited to see with him, Joe Burrow, after another year in the in the lab, so to say, and getting used to each other. I feel like this duo can be pretty deadly for years to come, if not decades to come.
0: So I got a tie here at my number one. Um, I I got Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup, same division, different player play types. Now one guy is a Um, A little slower, you know, coming out of college, people thought he had tight end speed but had hands like a wide receiver, route running like a wide receiver, but he does have a good burst of quickness. That's Cooper Cup, small school. And then you look at Devo Samuel coming out of South Carolina. He can do it all, running back, wide receiver, any way you can give him the ball, he's a little gadget guy. And both of these guys, though, they have something in common, production. They both put up great numbers and they help their team out in the little ways. Look at Cooper Cup, who can block. Block like the best of them. And you see Debo Samuel, who can be a running back and a wide receiver. Like I said, that that is a dual threat ability that really puts your team into possibly Super Bowl contending chances every year. And it sucks that both of them are in the same division because um, I feel it's going to be a battle for that Super Bowl title every year. Now for Debo, he kind of carries... Whoever's that quarterback, because he proves you don't need a quarterback. He can do it all. And for Cooper Cup, he looked awesome with Matt Stafford this year. So both of these guys, my number one, should not be an argument. I you can argue it, but I just cannot put one above um, another here.
1: Yeah, you hit that one on the head. Uh, both those wide receivers are just gamers. You probably remember that word from last episode. But shout-out to quarterback. Uh, Levi Williams, obviously he's a gamer man Love that interview, but anyways uh, Yeah, both those two wide receivers They play against each other twice a year uh, And last season It was three times uh, with a playoff Game in there as well, and they are both Really fun to watch, both Very different play styles, but Both very fun to watch in the end So it'll be fun to watch them Again next season I've got, I don't have a tie as my number one Because the number two guy in the AFC, Stefan Diggs in Buffalo Uh, just got a contract extension so him and Josh Allen will be together for more for a couple more seasons and it'll be exciting to see how much they progress together Uh, maybe they you know form that duo like Rodgers and Devontae had where they can just connect on a different level Uh, but Stefan Diggs had to watch him way too much as a Viking Uh, always torched the Packers but Yeah, he will be fun to watch in Buffalo for years to come here with Josh Allen. That's some young talent there. And number one on my list in the AFC is Devontae Adams out of Las Vegas. Uh, There's no explanation needed here. Probably the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, So Las Vegas hitting an absolute stud at wide receiver, but he's joining his college teammate, Derek Carr. But that division four playoff teams in my opinion in that division so we'll have to see how that plays out next season but that is going to wrap things up for today's episode like I said national moment of laughter day I think it was that something like that so go laugh about something I don't know go tell a joke to your buddy or something uh but thank you guys for listening to this episode we will catch you next week